If I were you, whatever I did should be done at my own discretion entirely. Your father thought only of them. You owe no particular gratitude to him, nor attention to his wishes. This argument was irresistible, and John Dashwood finally resolved that it would be absolutely unnecessary, if not highly indecorous, to do more for the widow and children of his father than such kind of neighborly acts as his own wife pointed out. Mrs. Dashwood remained in Norland for several months. When her spirits began to revive, she was impatient to be gone, and indefatigable in her inquiries for a suitable dwelling in the neighbourhood of Norland. The contempt which she had very early in their acquaintance felt for her daughter-in-law was very much increased by the farther knowledge of her character. The two ladies might have found it impossible to have lived together for so long, had not a particular circumstance occurred to give them still greater eligibility, according to the opinions of Mrs. Dashwood, to her daughter's continuance at Norland. This circumstance was a growing attachment between her eldest girl and the brother of Mrs. John Dashwood. Edward Ferrers was the eldest son of a man who had died very rich, and some might have repressed it from motives of prudence, for, except a trifling sum, the whole of his fortune depended on the will of his mother. Edward Ferrers was not recommended to their good opinion by any peculiar graces of person or address. He was not handsome, and his manners required intimacy to make them pleasing. He was too diffident to do justice to himself, but when his natural shyness was overcome, his behaviour gave every indication of an open, affectionate heart. His understanding was good, and his education had given it solid improvement. Mrs. Dashwood now took pains to get acquainted with him. No sooner did she perceive any symptom of love in his behaviour to Eleanor than she considered their serious attachment as certain and looked forward to their marriage as rapidly approaching. Marianne, do you disapprove your sister's choice? Perhaps, said Marianne. I may consider it with some surprise. Edward is very amiable, and I love him tenderly, but I am afraid, Mamma, he has no real taste. Eleanor was far from depending on his preference of her, which her mother and sister still considered as certain. But, whatever might really be its limits, it was enough, when perceived by Mrs. John Dashwood, to make her uneasy, and at the same time to make her uncivil she took the first opportunity of affronting her mother-in-law. Mrs. Dashwood resolved that, whatever might be the inconvenience or expense of so sudden a removal, her beloved Eleanor should not be exposed another week to such insinuations. In this state of her spirits, a letter was delivered to her, which contained a proposal particularly well-timed. It was the offer of a small house, on very easy terms, belonging to a relation of her own, a gentleman of consequence and property in Devonshire. She instantly wrote Sir John Middleton her acknowledgement of his kindness and her acceptance of his proposal. No sooner was her answer dispatched than Mrs. Dashwood indulged herself in the pleasure of announcing to her son-in-law and his wife that she was provided with a house. She took the house for a twelvemonth. It was ready furnished, and she might have immediate possession. In a very few weeks, everything was so far settled in their future abode as to enable Mrs. Dashwood and her daughters to begin their journey. As a house, Barton Cottage, though small, was comfortable and compact. In comparison of Norland, it was poor and small indeed, 
but the tears which recollection called forth as they entered the house were soon dried away. Each of them was busy in arranging their particular concerns, and in such employments as these they were interrupted soon after breakfast the next day by the entrance of their landlord. Sir John Middleton was a good-looking man about forty. His countenance was thoroughly good-humoured, and his manners were as friendly as the style of his letter. He pressed them so cordially to dine at Barton Park every day till they were better settled at home that they could not give offence. Lady Middleton had sent a very civil message by him, denoting her intention of waiting on Mrs. Dashwood as soon as she could be assured that her visit would be no inconvenience, and as this message was answered by an invitation equally polite, her ladyship was introduced to them the next day. Lady Middleton was not more than six or seven and twenty. Her face was handsome, her figure tall and striking, and her address graceful. Her manners had all the elegance which her husband's wanted.